Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Our listener support campaign continues. You can support the show on a one-time basis, support.greatdetectives.net, or become one of our uh, ongoing Patreon supporters for as little as $2 per month. Just go to patreon.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it's time for this week's episode of The Silent Men. The original air date is November the 4th, 1951, and the title is Death in the Mail. And for pictures of your favorite NBC stars, buy the current NBC Silver Jubilee issue of Radio TV Mirror Magazine. And now, it's The Silent Men on NBC. This is Douglas Fairbanks, Jr., once again, it is my privilege to introduce to you stories of the silent men, the special agents of federal law enforcement who, silently and for little material reward, daily risk their lives to protect the lives of all of us. Their tradition is long and proud, yet to guard our welfare and our liberties, they must remain nameless. The silent men. Produced in Hollywood and starring Douglas Fairbanks, Jr. The National Broadcasting Company proudly presents The Silent Men, transcribed stories of the undercover operations of the special agents of every branch of our federal government and their relentless fight against crime. Now here again is Douglas Fairbanks. We take our postal services for granted in the United States, but the people who handle the mail we receive every morning are not automatons. They render public service of the highest caliber and, in the course of that service, sometimes lose their lives. The loss of life can be accidental, but sometimes it is deliberate. And it becomes a case for the silent men because the post office department, like all branches of our federal government, has its own group of special agents. Silent men who stand between us and unexpected destruction. Tonight, with your permission, I will play the role of one of these men. Special Agent Bill Foster in the file case entitled, Death in the Mail. You got here in a hurry, Foster. Well, you called me in a hurry. As soon as we found out the nature of the wreck, and we discovered the explosion was in the mail car, well, I knew it wasn't a case for the city police. Hey, you see what it did? Yeah. How about the men in the car? Yeah, two dead, one in the hospital. Oh. Well, where'd this train come from? Started in Laredo. Picked up mail here at Baton Rouge, too. Just heading out of the yards when she blew. Everybody's been kept away from here, except the firemen and a few others that had to get close. Well, let's take a look inside. Yeah, I'll give you a boost. Not burned too badly. Smells like the explosion came from a nitro charge. Mm-hmm, that's what I thought. Whatever it was, it must have been in that package. I don't know. There's quite a few packages blown to bits. Yeah, but the, the wrapping on that one was blown out. Not much of it left. Might be just enough. 
if it can be handled properly until the lab man looks it over. See any other pieces around that might be from the same wrapping? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's one. Hmm. Now, take a look at this. It's pretty badly twisted up. Metal. Hmm. Looks like silver, some kind of trophy. You know if the men on this car were hit with flying metal at all? Yes, uh, ambulance dog dug a piece out of one of them. Why? Because there was something inside this thing, still still see part of it, like a mechanism. You mean a bomb? Yeah. Then I was right. This wasn't an accident. Uh, would you send nitro through the mails? <laughs> no. The only accident is that this thing killed the wrong men. It was intended for somebody else. Whoever it was, he's lucky. This is one package he will never receive. I got a pair of rubber gloves and tweezers and a few other tools and gathered the pieces of the package together for shipping to the federal laboratories in Washington. Two days later, I got an order to report to the chief of postal inspection. Sit down, Foster. Thanks, chief. This is Mike Roberts. He's with another service. Roberts? Foster, that was quite a package you sent through. Lab find anything that'll help us, chief? A couple of things. We were able to restore part of the address, enough to tell us that the package was addressed to somebody in Washington. Mailed from Laredo, Texas. Well, that why you're here, Roberts? That's right, Foster. Then this isn't strictly a post office case, eh? Well, that we don't know. I, I'm just coming along to make sure. Well, you boys only handle two kinds of cases. Counterfeiting, which has nothing to do with this one. And protecting the president, is that it? That's right. Chief, you'd better show him those lab photos. Oh, yes. Here, take a look. Now, hmm. Yes, I see what you mean. Paper was badly charred, but the ultraviolet brought out those few letters, the G-T-O-N and the capitalized D-C. Well, that'll be Washington, D.C., all right. But uh, I, I don't see where you come in, Roberts. There are a million people in D.C. That's right. Yeah, I see what you mean. Well, where do we start, Laredo? Uh, we can start you further back than that. We think we know where the package originated. Uh, there's a lab analysis report on the back of those photos. Oh, yes, I see. There was some engraving on that silver. I see it here. Hand-worked, Indian design. Old Aztec patterns. Mexican, huh? Yes. It wasn't a common piece, either. So the report says. If only we knew where the piece came from. Well, the best bet is Mexico City. Any reason for thinking so? The cord the package was bound with is a type made only in Mexico City. Start there. Good. Cover credentials are being drawn up for us now. What kind? (laughs) You're going back to school, Foster. Classes at the university there are very popular with Americans. They don't start for three weeks. You'll apply for enrollment. That'll be a good reason for being around in case anybody gets curious. Okay. Anything you want before you go? I wish that silver cup could be reconstructed by an artist, a a drawing of what it might have looked like originally. Your boss is a jump ahead of you. It's being drawn up now. I should have known. It'll be ready in an hour. As soon as it is, I'll drive you out to the airport. Mexico City, we checked in to the Hotel Reformer, then started to tour the town. Silver shops, places that work the metal by hand. We concentrated on the Indian section near the junction of the Alameda and the Paseo. For three days, we drew up blank. Maybe we should be looking closer to the center of the city, back by the Avenida Madero. I don't think so. Wait a minute. What is it? Look at that shop. It's not a silver shop, just leather and fabrics. 
Serape hanging there, hand-woven. See it? Yeah. Look at the design on the border. Hey, hey, that's the same design as the one on our silver cup. There's no sign of any metal goods around there. Well, let's ask the man. Something for the senores? Um, we were interested in this, uh, zarape. It is all woven by hand, senor, and the finest of looms. If you would like it, the price is 14 pesos. Mm, I don't know. Um, zarape is not much use to me. We were attracted by the design. Oh. A design like that would look good in metal, in silver. Come into the shop, senores. Do you suppose he's... Come on, come on. We can talk better here in the store. Who sends you to me? Well, I, um, I, I don't like to say. Why not, senor? We don't know who you are. I keep this shop. You were interested in this Arape. We were interested uh, and attracted by the design, that's all. Then you were not sent to me, eh? No. I, I just thought you might have something with that same design. Uh, that's all, something in silver. I carry no silver, senor. Uh, you know anybody who does? I'm not familiar with the vendors of silver, senor. Well, why don't you just buy the Zarapi then, Bill? Okay, we'll take it. You said uh, 14 pesos? The senores are tourists? Oh, uh, no. No, we're here for a two-year course at the university. We're looking around for a few room decorations. Well, that's why I want a design like this in metal. Well, here's your money. It will not be necessary to pay now, senor. You will pay when delivery is made. Delivery? Si, senor. Delivery. Oh, that's all right. We can take it with us. It will have to be delivered, senor. Why? This is the only therapy of that kind that I have. I will need it for display until another arrives. You don't sell that many of them. One never knows, senor. You wish to have it delivered or no? We'll take it. It's name. all right. It's all right. Yes, um, you can deliver it. And the name and address? William Foster at the Reforma. Senor William Foster, the Reforma. When can I have it? As soon as I can obtain another. Perhaps tonight. Mm. Come on, Robert. Right. Buenos dias, senores. Y muchas gracias for your patronage. We almost stepped into something there. Yeah. A design is some sort of an identification. I know it. When he asked who sent us, he was expecting some sort of code answer. Hmm. Should have tried to bluff a name. It wouldn't have worked. No, but... It... Well, it might have thrown him off for a little while. What do you mean? Oh, we made a mistake, Bill. He knows we weren't interested in that design by accident. We might be able to cover. Oh, how? He'll, he'll check my enrollment at the university. That'll work for us. And we gave the right address. Oh, that might help. Hey, wait a minute, will you? Hold us. What's the matter? I'll tell you in a second. Drift over to the shop here and look at the Harashis. Very fine Marachi, senor. Very comfortable. Cheap. Very cheap. You got a pair in size 10? Oh, si, si, senor. I will get them for you, huh? What's up? How are you doing? In just a second. Turn your head casually over your shoulder on the left. Oh, I don't see anything. Notice the kid? The one sitting on the curb back there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, when that Mexican took us back into his storeroom, there was a small window I happened to glance out. There was a kid out back in a hammock. That same kid? Well, I'm not sure. Are you tagging us? We'll know in a minute if he keeps following. Size 10, senor. The last pair in your size. All handmade by the best craftsman. Why? How much? Uh, six pesos. They are worth more than four. Uh, five. I give you for five, senor. Only because he's the last pair in your size. Well, I, that's a great reason. All right, here you are. Gracias, senor. Let's go. Don't look back. Well, we've got to see him. 
cross to the far side of the street at the next corner. We can spot him when we cross. Oh, okay. Let's put on a show for him. What kind? Oh, just something to report when he goes back. There's a bookshop near the Reformer. Pick up some of the textbooks they use at the university. Uh, Joe College for real. Yeah. (laughs) You know, if this takes long enough, we'll actually have to go to school. Don't worry. It won't take that long. I got a hunch it won't take long at all. come in? Why, sure. Somebody at the door, Bill? Yeah, we got a visitor. Oh. Well, lucky us. Thank you. I'm Leslie Morrison. An American? What else? I hope I'm not disturbing you. Not at all. You're new here, aren't you? Well, been here a couple of days. Mm, I knew it wasn't long. I haven't seen you before. My room is just down the hall. My name's Foster, Bill Foster. This is Mike Roberts. Mike, this Miss Morrison. Delighted. <laughs> Call me Leslie. And I don't know how delighted you're going to be when you find out what I've done. I could use a drink if anybody cares. We don't have anything here. I I, I could send you Oh, no, no. Don't bother. I don't have much time at the moment. You can buy me one in the bar later. We'll be there. I just stopped by to apologize. You see, this package was delivered to my room. I ordered some things from one of the shops and, well, I thought it was mine. But it's yours. Oh, there's no harm done. No, but you owe me 14 pesos. Oh, <laughs> well, that's right. Here, here you are. Thanks. I, well, thinking it was mine, I opened the package. I tried to wrap it up again neatly, but I'm not much on wrapping things. <laughs> I'm afraid one corner of your serape sticks out a little. Oh, don't mention it, then maybe nobody will notice. Yeah, I'll take the package. <laughs> uh, please, sit down. For oh, a no, no, really, I have to run. But uh, if you want to buy me a drink, I'll be in 616 in about... Half an hour. Sure. Thanks, Leslie. Bye. Ooh, that, my friend, was a dish. Let's get a look at this serape. No. Don't open it. Why not, Bill? You do, and we'll both know, but not for long. What? Take it in the bathroom, drop it in the tub, and let water run over it. Soak it good. Oh, now, wait. She opened it, Bill. It must be all right. If she's all right. But we... Hey. What? You're right. There's something ticking in this thing. Serapes don't tick. Get it in that tub and get it soaked. Hurry. Hello? Hello? Operator, get me the police. No, 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 police. Las Federales. You'd better come back out here, Roberts, just in case. Very interesting, what you call a gadget, eh, Senor Foster? Yeah, very interesting. Battery fuse controlled by watch spring mechanism. If we hadn't doused it in time, this wouldn't have been a very pretty room. The charge is in a bottle, heavy glass. Would, would have been just like a shrapnel. You told me the first bomb, the one mailed to your country, employed silver. Hey, wait a minute. Have you, you got the teeth pulled on that thing? Yeah. Mike, this is Inspector Luna, Mexican Federalist. Hi, Inspector. Mucho gusto. Um, what did you find out, Mike? Sweet Leslie is not a guest of this hotel. Yeah, well, I didn't think she would be. Room 616 is occupied by a couple of old maids looking for Latin lovers. <laughs> I checked the desk and the bar. Nobody knows the girl. Elevator boy remembers bringing her up with a package. And that's all. Uh, can you describe the lady? Um, about 5'3". Brunette, 
Uh, well kept. Say about 120 pounds. Well, that'd be close. Hazel eyes, full lips. Uh, the name won't help. Probably wasn't her own. Uh, we should let them to find her. If you do, don't let her know it. Above all, don't arrest her. You like young ladies who leave you such gifts as this one? No, but we'd like to know who the young lady is working for. Mike Roberts started a check on the beauty shops. A girl like that was bound to hit one sooner or later. I went through the Mexican police files with Inspector Luna, but drew a blank. We set up watch on the place where we purchased the Zerape. This is the street, Senor Foster? Yeah, that shop midway in the block. There, man coming out front now. Juan Diego? You know him? See, si, he's a harmless merchant. Uh, you must be mistaken, senor. I'm not mistaken. He's a strange man, perhaps, but not a violent one. The package he sent was violent. Uh, See, si, I almost forgot that. We could make an arrest. Uh, you couldn't make it stick. With a bomb in the package? Don't underestimate him, Inspector. The package passed through the hands of a third party. That gives him a grade-A defense. Besides, he may not be the one we want. Probably working for somebody. We want the top. The man who murders with silver. The girl, perhaps... Just a front. The killer we're after figured we might not be suspicious of the package if we thought an American girl had opened it first. Mm. I will have my men maintain a watch. Uh, it will be better if we leave here now. Um, take me back to the reformer. Mike may have come across something. Very well. How many men do you have at your disposal? Enough. Why do you ask? Enough to make a systematic survey of the city? I see. What, uh, what do they look for? That design Mike and I have been following must be an identification symbol of some kind. If it's some secret organization, there may be others like it in other shops, not necessarily Zarapis. Silverwork, like the cup, decoration designs, practically anything. Uh, you said you had a drawing of the design from the silver cup? Yes. I will have photographs made and passed out to all men. Do not worry, senor. We will locate all stores carrying that design in any form. Bulletins went out to the Federales and the hunt began. The reports started to trickle in. The design in a mural on the wall of a restaurant, on a rug in the lobby of a small hotel, on the drape cloth of a portable tortilla stand. There was a list of 20 places, and then Mike hit the jackpot. He found the girl. It was that beauty parlor hunch, Bill. I was just about to walk into the place and ask questions when I spotted her. And she isn't a customer. She's a manicurist. Good work. The address is in the next street. That's right. The Plaza de la Constitución. Oh, right near the political center, isn't it, Inspector? I see. That's a real choice hangout. It's an elaborate place. Probably half the embassy wives, to say nothing of the wives of the Mexican officials, patronize the place. That's a listening post, all right. This, uh, this is some sort of organized group, anyway. It is getting late. The shop will be closing for the afternoon. We had best stop here. That's great. We can't be seen here. Maybe we can tag her on the way home, find out where she lives, huh? Where's the entrance to the place? Well, it's between those large stone pillars, that building down there. It's the what? Hey, wait a minute. The man coming from the opposite direction. Juan Diego. Yeah, our friend with the loaded zarapes. He's turning into the beauty shop. Huh. Funny place for him to turn up. Must be some kind of a contact. Mike, I think this is what we've been waiting for. What do you mean, Ben? We've had men checking on that design. Somebody knows it. The only reason he'd come here would be to give a warning. I could have used a phone. Uh, afraid of a tap, maybe. Uh. That's got to be it. Bill, 
They may be communists. Uh, not likely, Mike. Mm, no, senor. Communists operate quite openly here. Yeah, we're on the trail of something else. Well, whatever it is, they believe in violence and they're out to kill. There is Diego again, coming out of the salon. Stay low in the car. He's looking this way. He doesn't seem to be going anyplace. Just hanging around. I'm waiting for her. This can be better than we thought. Oh, why? If he was just giving a warning, he wouldn't wait. They must be going someplace. A meeting? Must be. And if it is, the top boy will be there. <laughs> nice, friendly fellow who murders by mail. You got that Zarapi I gave you, Inspector? See. Si. Well, hold it. May come in handy. We waited for ten minutes. Then the girl came out and joined Diego. The inspector put the car in low gear and drifted along behind them. They stopped by the statue at the Plaza Mayor. And a few minutes later, a dust-covered station wagon picked them up. They started out through the Avenida Juarez and headed through the native cuarteles. We lagged about a quarter of a mile behind. This is strange, senores. Huh? We seem to be heading for Lake Texcoco. No, what kind of a place is that? Nothing but a few miserable huts. Is that all? That and the old Aztec ruins. Hardly the sort of a place for a meeting. I'd say just the place. A group like that wouldn't meet in the plaza. No. Ruins sound like a good bet to me. We shall soon know. Why? What's coming? If they're headed for the ruins, they will be abandoning the car on this side of the lake. The road that leads to the ruins is not in repair. You mean they'll have to go around on foot? See, si. The path is fit only for walking. That's not so good. No. You can bet the approach is staked out. We've got to get in there. I can summon some men. We can move in with force. No, first we've got to find out which man is top dog. Then they can move in. If we get into trouble with this outfit, they'd better move fast or they'll be too late. car stopped by the lake, a half mile from the native huts. Diego, the girl, and a man we hadn't seen before turned into the swampy brush and disappeared on a small overgrown trail. We came to a stop near the station wagon. There were other cars pulled into the brush out of sight. Inspector Luna had put in a radio call for some men. I have sent for a group of 50 federales. We can cover the area. They will come up a back road and move in from the far side of the lake. That way may not be guarded. Now, how long will it take him? Oh, a half hour at the most. Where is the meeting liable to be? In there? Uh, there is a natural formation of rocks, almost like an amphitheater. We can start in a few minutes when it is completely dark. While we're waiting, I, uh, I want to walk down to those huts. We're not going to crash that meeting in the clothes we're wearing. <laughs> Even in the dark, Diego or the girl would spot us in a minute. You mean to borrow clothing at one of the huts? Yeah. Don't you like the idea? No, I favor it. It may save you from being shot. You know, I'm afraid we'll need more than a change of clothes to get in there. We've got a pass. The inspector can wear this zarape. Well, suppose the design isn't recognized anymore. Suppose there's a password set up. What do we do then? Keep a hand on the gun in your pocket and pray. clothing and the zarape got us past an armed guard on the trail who flashed his light, saw the zarape, then cut the light and waved us through. A few minutes later, we were in a natural bowl of rock. It was lit at one end by a huge fire. Near the fire was a flat rock, platform high. 
As we came toward it, weaving through the small, intent crowd, a girl jumped to the rock. It was our playmate from the reformer. There was a stir of excitement as she pointed to the shadows, and a huge man emerged from them. She started to speak in a wild, perfect Spanish. Roberts looked at me. She was not an American girl. We'd been taken in all the way. Then her speech ended, suddenly, as the huge man reached the base of the flat rock. There was no doubt. This was the head man. Look, he's climbing up on the rock. Fire's lighting up his face now. You know him, Inspector? He disappeared years ago. Why? Because he was hunted. He was a revolutionary, an assassin. He's still in business. Look at that silver buckle and that gun belt he's wearing. That's our design again. Yeah. The Aztec pattern in silver. He was once a silver. Wait a minute, he's going to talk. We have been betrayed again. When our boys hold out their hands to foreigners, bring us drink our oil, find our gold. Let them leave the mine, and then we will take them as our own. He may not be a communist, but he could get top billing on the Kremlin circuit. My men are beginning to arrive. Where? See, they're slipping in around the edges of the crowd. The people do not notice them. No wonder. Look at his eyes. They're almost hypnotized I by all of their own fanaticism. I will be able to tell you that punishment they would never return to us. But because of an accident, he escaped the death we planned for him. Oh. Who is Arizmendi? A special envoy to your country. He was in Washington. He returns here tonight. In Washington? Bill, that bomb on the train must have been addressed to Arizmendi. Arizmendi returns. Tonight... His blood will redden our soil! Ready, senores. My men are in place. Take him any time, Inspector. Now, these people are dangerous. If you become involved, Tonight, kill to protect yourself. Arismendi's train enters the terminal. Hey, Morales! Oh, Your own one to move is to die. Kill Watch it, it's done! Run, run! No, you don't. Diego! Diego! Be nice, Bill. He's running. Get him! He's running away! All ways are surrounded. Any person who moves will be shot. Bill! Bill, are you all right? Yeah. I laid my forearm open to the bone. Yeah, I'll make a tourniquet with my shirt. We'll get you to a doctor. Diego kept on running. They had to shoot him in the back. Yeah, sounds rude, doesn't it? <laughs> That's one that Emily Post overlooked, Mike. There's no polite way to kill a man. Ah, you did a good piece of work down there, Foster. Oh, thanks, Chief. But don't forget Roberts, though. Oh, I meant you, too, of course. Yeah, Foster was the brain. I was only along for the ride. One of our own officials, huh? Uh, what did you make of Pekaya? You said he wasn't a communist. Well, not officially. Oh, they may have used him to stir up trouble, needled him a little, maybe. Mm -hmm. But I think he was just a local fanatic with big ideas about himself. He was the top man in the group, all right. Specimens of his own handwriting were on papers found on his body. The Mexican police matched them with the photostats of the bit of writing we found on that exploded package. They the same? Uh, there's no doubt about it. Well, I think the Mexican government will take care of Pekaya's followers. I spent a long time in jail. Good. Then, uh... From our end, the case is closed? Well, I'd say so. When you say so, that's good enough for me, Bill. Mm -hmm. uh, that arm going to be all right? Oh, it'll be fine. <laughs> all it needs is my wife's loving care. <laughs> I catch. Come on. I'll drive you to the airport. 
This is Douglas Fairbanks again. The file case, Death in the Mail, completes another chapter in the distinguished chronicle of the silent men. The special agents of all branches of our federal government who daily risk their lives to protect the lives of all of us. Next week, we'll tell you the story of our government's fight against counterfeit currency of foreign origin in the file case entitled The Marseille Counterfeiters, another venture undertaken for our protection by the silent men. The Silent Men is produced and directed by Warren Lewis. Tonight's case was written by Joe Murcott and was transcribed in Hollywood. All names and places were fictional. Featured in tonight's cast were Joy Terry, Tom Holland, Lillian Bayef, Stacey Harris, Don Diamond, and John Stevenson. Don Stanley speaking. Douglas Fairbanks may currently be seen starring in Mr. Drake's Duck. And here again is Douglas Fairbanks. Millions of innocent Koreans will die this coming winter unless you give your unneeded clothing today to American Relief for Korea. That's ARK. A-R-K. Unless you have a local collection agency, please send your used clothing prepaid today to ARK, Oakland, California, or ARK, Maspeth, Long Island, New York. Thank you. Listen again next week and every week to other exciting cases involving the law enforcement adventures of the special agents of our federal government. For they are the silent men. Now it's the Jubilee Show on NBC. Welcome back. Certainly a bit of a, a winding uh, road to the uh, resolution. And it does show that, contrary to what uh, some programs went for, that it was just uh, someone who was directly a communist, uh, wasn't always the right answer. It was interesting that the Secret Service became involved just because the package was sent in uh, Washington. Because while it could have involved a high official, it also could have invo uh, involved someone other than the president from what we got in the episode. But the Secret Service, just it's like, just in case it is the president or vice president or other protectees, we're going to get involved. At any rate, it was an interesting episode, and I hope you enjoyed it. I do want to go ahead and thank our Patreon supporters of the day and I uh, want to go ahead and thank Carol Ann Patreon supporter since April 2019 currently supporting us at the shameless level of four dollars or more per month again thank you so much for your support well that will do it for today join us back here tomorrow for our listener support special it's a bit of a different format I hope you'll enjoy it and then on Monday, we'll be back with uh, Casey Crom Photographer. And next Saturday, another episode of The Silent Men. In the meantime, do send your comments to Box13 at GreatDetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off. <laughs>